Trammell and Chin team up once more. Dug again by Hornung. Maybe her best one yet. Right side to Cleveland. Tools the block of Farmer. Both comes and catches the back row. Second ace of the set for the Boilermakers, and they close it out, 25-20. Grace Cleveland goes cross-court. Grace Cleveland wins the match and propels Purdue to elite status. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. Uh, Corey Palm alongside head coach Dave Shondell. Dave, uh, another successful weekend, a road trip, first of the year, road trip out to Las Vegas. Uh, a couple three-set sweeps. I can't imagine... You know, from an from an outsider's perspective, the weekend going much better. But uh, you you know a lot more than I do. What uh, what did you see that that you liked and and that you learned? Well, I thought it was a really good trip. As you mentioned, your first road trip of the season, you never know what to expect. But we have such a veteran crew. Um, you know, it's not their first rodeo, as the expression is, and so you know that you're going to get a little steadier play from a team that's got that much experience. But we were playing two teams that. As I've mentioned before, went to the second round of the NCAA tournament and are expecting to do at least that much again this uh, coming tournament. Um, but we we were steady, and and when things got tough, we got better. Mm -hmm. And when those teams would challenge us, um, we'd narrow our focus. Our ball control would be great. We'd take really smart swings, and uh, we competed. And and you know I give Newton a lot of credit for that. She's been been outstanding so far this season and we're leaning on her like we normally do but I think she feels like she has more help this this season and I think that makes her feel a little bit better but she has certainly embraced this opportunity and uh, I think she's kind of really emerging as a leader on the floor certainly Bush leads from her setting position and uh, you know the the two that are playing libero for us are also doing a great job in leadership and that's Otek and Hornung and I'm really happy with with the way that's going but yeah, we couldn't have asked for much more. We got challenged, and when we got challenged, we we responded, and uh, obviously one on the road and one on the neutral floor against two teams that have the kind of talent that they're capable of beating about anybody if if they get it going. UNLV, like I said, it was, it was a pair of three set sweeps, um, but like you said, definitely a challenge. It was within two points several of those sets. Uh, I was watching. On Thursday, the, mm -hmm. the match against the Rebels, the uh, the Mountain West Conference <laughs> coverage, and uh, after the first set, the the announcers were ecstatic over the play of the home team. They're like, you know, hey, the Rebels put up a fight here, and I'm like, oh, okay, what was the set score? It was 25-19 Purdue. But UNLV had had some momentum coming into the set, but like you said, you know, you responded, and and that seemed to happen every set uh, throughout the course of the weekend. They have a player that did not play against BYU, uh, the player of the year from a year ago, and expected to be the player of the year again this season. And But she did show up to play against us mm -hmm. and uh, hit at a very high percentage. And um, even though you go out there and you win six straight sets, they were all tight enough, and, and we learned an awful lot about ourselves. And when we came back and met yesterday for the first time since we were back and practiced but looked at film, uh, we found a plethora of things that we need to prepare for as, as we get ready for probably most likely the best team we've played so far this season in Louisville, a team that cracked the top 10 in, in yesterday's AVCA poll. And they're a team that's very similar to the team we played last year. Um, you'd have to look at their schedule for Louisville last year, but um, they lost a five-setter, I believe, in the second round of the NCAA tournament 
that would have allowed them to advance, and they lost a really good team. I don't know if it was Florida or who it was, but they lost to a really, really good team in five. Um, and that I remember talking to their staff on the way out of the convention center there in, uh, in Omaha, um, how they had mixed feelings. They knew they had played very, very well, but they were so dejected that they lost that match. But it was a, it was a real tight one. And, and they have everybody back off that team. I mean, they're, they are flat-loaded for Bear. Was it Washington? It was Washington. Okay, yep, Washington, five to Washington. Washington was kind of the, the five 15, 13 set champions last year. They won a <laughs> bunch of five setters in the tournament. But uh, that would have put them, in, I believe, in the Elite Eight. Had they won that, and then who knows what happens when you get there. So Louisville's very, very well coached. They, um, they've got size and athleticism and a great setter and uh, Trent Dilfer's daughter who does a great job of running the show for them. And they're loaded in every position. This isn't a team that you can you know, lean away from certain people. They've just got too much going on. They run a 5-1 offense and, um, with, like, as I mentioned, a great setter. Two really fast middles that love to go behind but can also go in front. And a right side player that uh, was emerging last year as their go-to uh, player. And uh, then a couple left sides that aren't huge, but uh, have really, really good arms. And they're actually playing a, th a third player in that position as well. So they've got some good depth and uh, a good team. So we've been looking at them really hard, and, and I think that we'll be ready for them. But I think like every match we play with Louisville, it will be a real battle. It has been over the years that, that going back for the better part of the last decade, you've had some some real Donnybrooks with them, yeah. uh, to, to pull out one of your phrases. Uh, before we get away from this past weekend, it, it, worth noting, um, Haley Bush voted the MVP of the tournament, which is really cool to see from a setter. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of recognizes how much control she has in the offense and, and sort of her decision-making throughout the course of the weekend, not just statistically, but, uh, but it, controlling the pace of play. I think that's just a statement about her maturity. Um, she is so much different than she was two years ago. Uh, last year you saw that growth in her where she became less emotional about certain things or less dramatic would be a better way to describe Haley. She's kind of got this dramatic uh, sense about herself. But, um, and I like it. I like the fact that she has that. But, but when you get out there and you're in charge and you're the person that everybody's looking to to lead, you have to have a certain level of calm and control. And, and she continues to gain that and develop that as this season uh, goes on. And there's nobody I would rather have running our team than, than Haley Bush. And um, she's got some things to work on. She'll be challenged with her blocking this weekend uh, and probably every weekend. Uh, but she, she knows that. And I thought, she, I thought she made a lot of progress last night because she was not good this weekend. And there were some really fast arms that were, that were taking advantage of her. And so we sat down and we looked at it on tape. And, and all of a sudden, when she came out and worked on blocking last night, it was kind of like we were getting back to where we were a year ago, where she was a really solid blocker for a 5'10 setter. It's got to be uh, – there, there's so much technique involved in, in that and, and timing. Um, but, but also, like you say, a bit undersized for the position. Mm -hmm. How much more important is, is being dialed in – you know, tech, technically, when when you're giving up a couple inches, well, it's super important. And every team we've played this year has ran what I consider a fast tempo set to the outside hitter, which is what her responsibility mm -hmm. is to block the opponent's left side hitter. Is what your front row setter is going to be focused on, and it makes it more complicated when the ball is going out fast and low and 
you got to find out, you know, you got to figure out where the contact point's going to be, and then that's where you've got to get to to set your block up and uh, get the hands in proper position. And what was happening a lot uh, this past weekend, surprisingly, was the ball was going through her hands and hitting her, hitting her in the forehead. And uh, so that means two things. One, you're not penetrating quick enough, which is what most of her problem was. And second of all, maybe your hands are a little bit wide, okay? Uh, but usually if you penetrate and get over the net and, as I say, get into their business, mm -hmm. then you're not going to have that problem. But she was just blocking on our side of the net not blocking on their side of the net. So I think that that's something that she'll um, continue to work on this week and we'll be much better off um, going forward. You already mentioned uh, Kayla Newton. Grace Cleveland had, had a, a bit of a breakout weekend for, for her as well. 13 kills both nights, uh, four, four and five blocks. She hit over 400 each night, over 500 against UNLV. Just uh, yeah. good to see Grace turning it on a bit. She's a real matchup problem for people because she can do so many different things. Uh, she can hit from every spot on the floor, uh, which is helpful because we can run her wherever we need to. But her, her play on the right side is improving uh, uh, a lot in the last four weeks. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you remember last week I was on her about you know playing with more power and more confidence, and, and she listened to some of that, and uh, I thought we saw, saw that. You know, I, as I mentioned, I want to hear the ball, her hand on the ball. And when and we're in practice, we hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. We get in matches, uh, maybe it's the crowd that, that prevents me from hearing it, but I just don't feel like up until this past weekend she was really jumping on the ball the way that she can. But she's a superb volleyball athlete. And uh, as I mentioned, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to push her um, uh, to become the very, very best she can be like we will all of our athletes. But she needs a little nudge sometimes, and that's what we're gonna continue to give her. The other three players that uh, really stood out this weekend, uh, I know you were saying uh, before we before we started recording here, were uh, were the three juniors, mm -hmm. uh, Ellis Cook and Chin, yeah. and uh, they, they've each got uh, their, their sort of sharing roles. They're they're but they're fitting those roles really well right now. Three six foot two inch outside hitters that are all juniors that have been you know competing for a spot, but also supporting each other for several years now. And I know that they're, they're probably getting a little bit tired of that, and I understand that. You don't want them to be complacent and be willing to accept not the role that they want. But what is most impressive and what I admire most about all three of them is how well they are dealing with it and how they are putting the team way above um, what's best for them. And that's the only way that we, work, we can work, make this work this year. When you've got 21 players on your roster, you've got a lot of good athletes, um, they are setting the example uh, for the rest of the team on, on how to make this work and how to have a very, very successful season. A year ago, I would hope that we could find one of those three that would play well on a, on a particular night. It's kind of like rolling the dice. Mm -hmm. um, and fortunately, they all played pretty well most of the time that they got the chance to play. This year, we know that they're going to play well. It's just a matter of which one might be best against a certain opponent. Is it? Do you need blocking? Do you need offense? Um, do you need someone to make defensive plays, you know, and all those different things. And so we're trying to work our way through by putting the best person that's going to match up with the opponent. And, uh, you know, th this week it, it, blocking might be a big part of that when you look at Louisville because they've got uh, a lot of good slide hitters and they've got a good right side player. So it may be somebody that you know is going to be able to put up a big physical block on the left side that might be your best choice for that Friday night match. I know you were talking yesterday during your, uh, during your press conference, your weekly press conference, 
um, about how the bench necessarily gets a little bit shorter sometimes as, as the competition ramps up. You, mm-hmm. you, you want to play everyone, but there's only so many rotations. There's only so many subs to go around, mm-hmm. and, and you need to play the team that's going to, to end the match as quickly as possible rather than you know worrying about getting, getting kids reps. And it, We saw that a little bit this weekend with, with some players we, we, we've seen this season not get in the match, and, mm-hmm. and that's just going to be the way it is some, some games, right? Yeah, for us and for a lot of other teams yeah. this year with the multiple players that everybody has on their roster. Um, it's not that they're not getting opportunities to prove themselves because they do that every night in practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about some of those juniors outside hitters, but I could go right to our, our defensive players. And, you know, obviously, you know, we're sharing the libero role, which is unusual, mm-hmm. okay, but it, it's a risk that I'm willing to take because we got two people that deserve that opportunity in Horning and Otek. You got Skimmerhorn, who I think is playing at an extremely high Jeez. level right now, so much that Allie Horning, who was a top – 20 recruit in the country has gotten very limited opportunity to play. And that's even surprised me because I thought we'd find a way to get her on the floor a little bit more, but I, I, we haven't been able to do it and we'll continue to try. But then you get down to Terwilliger, who's come in and served some and done it and really served well this past weekend. I'll give her credit. I thought she served some really tough balls for us. Uh, Ava Torrance, who's playing like a rock star in practice. And then maybe one of our most improved players is Savannah Chacon, who is uh, you know a redshirt freshman that has been so focused and so tough in practice. But yet it's just, you know, our schedule, if you want it to get the RPI that's going to give you the seed, that's going to allow you success in the tournament, you have to schedule very, very tough. We've scheduled beautifully. Uh, I looked at uh, one list that said that if, if we continue to, to play the way we're playing, our strength of schedule is going to be in the top five in the country based on who we've played so far and who we're going to play in non-conference with Louisville and Tennessee coming up and then getting into Big Ten play, that it's going to be a really tough schedule and it's going to allow us to have the RPI that we want. But you got to beat people. Right. you got to keep beating people. But if that happens at the rate that it has happened so far, then we're going to be in a good position come tournament time. And sometimes, you know, players just have to continue to do what they're doing, which is put the team first, get ready, be ready when it's their time, and, and maybe they'll maybe they'll find we'll find out that they are better than somebody that's playing. You know, maybe they're they're gonna be great in the in the right moment. Mm-hmm. But they'll get some chances here in the next couple of weeks to prove that. It will be a top ten matchup when you take on Louisville Friday night over in uh, in Cincinnati. Interesting that the Xavier University tournament you'll get Louisville Friday night Lipscomb or Xavier on Saturday. Uh, um, it, like I said, top ten matchup against the Cardinals because because you guys are 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 up to the highest ranking in school history at number six in in yesterday's ABCA poll. Uh, uh, I know it's early September. That the polls are what they are at this point. They're not meaningless. They do have meaning, but uh, but it is September. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this about the, the the polls and the and the value of the teams right now. To me, there are two teams that are above everybody else: Wisconsin and Texas. Mm-hmm. I just think that those two right now are really really good. You get past those two, Corey, and there's 15 or 20 teams. You can put them in a, in a paper bag and pull them out, and it really wouldn't matter what order you pull them in necessarily. Yeah. It's just too early to say because people are trying to make uh, draw opinions from 
who you beat so far. Well, you don't know how good the people are that you beat, or you don't know how good the people are that beat you. It's too mm-hmm. early. And for people to start clamoring about, you know, where certain teams are in the poll uh, doesn't mean a whole lot. I, I like the fact that we've played four teams that, that are all in the top 60 in, in, in the RPI or the Massey or whatever you want to look at, um, because I think at the end of the day it's going to help us. Um, in a lot of different ways, and we've been challenged, and so we've we've we know some things that we need to work on, and, and we'll get those things done. But yeah, it looks good on paper, whatever your ranking might be. Um, we'll find out a lot more on Friday night because Louisville is a red hot team, and, and they've got tremendous talent. We beat them a year ago down at Lipscomb, and so they'll be remembering that, and uh, they'll have a little bit of an edge because of that. The Cardinals come in six and zero on the season with a couple good wins. Uh, to their to their credit already, and like you said, they've got the their best their best win was Arizona State. They yeah. went to Arizona in, in State and sets. beat them in, in five, and I think that's the biggest win that they have on their docket right now. And uh, you know we're watching a lot of their tape um, the last couple of days. It, it's not who they beat; it's it's who's on their team right now. Mm-hmm. That they've got really really good talent. Then it's uh, Xavier or Lipscomb. Uh, on Saturday, uh, what do you know about those two teams? I know again they're they're familiar programs. Yeah, this is a you know a tournament we've been in now. This is our third season that we've played in this format, and um, Louisville decided that they wanted to always play us regardless. So we play each other in a match, and then that allows Lipscomb and Xavier to play, and then the winners will play, and the losers will play, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily in that order um, on the next night, but. Um, it, it's a good tournament, and, and you know Xavier is better this year than they have been. Lipscomb's always been on, on the verge of making an NCAA tournament, and, and they've played a tougher non-conference schedule, which at the end of the day doesn't help our RPI because they end up losing some matches because they're playing really, really good teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I give him credit to Brandon Rosenthal for, for doing that because I think it, it shows his confidence he has in his team. I believe that they lost a player recently to an injury, which is, is going to hurt them a little bit an outside hitter. Um, Garrett Joyner is there, a uh, former player here at Purdue, yep, yep. who was from uh, Nashville, um, went home, got a little homesick, and, and felt like it was going to be better for her to go back. And So we're eager to see her. She, she came in with that class that are currently seniors, Mo Horning and Grace Cleveland and J.L. Johnson and Emma Terwilliger and on down the line. And so uh, that, was a, that was a great class that we brought in. And, uh, and from day one, they really loved each other. And so... Uh, they go down to see Garrett all the time down in, in Asheville. Oh, she awesome. comes up here. So yeah. it'll be fun. Uh, and hopefully we'll get a chance to play against Lipscomb, at least get a chance to see Garrett. For sure. That's one thing folks don't, don't realize. You, the recruiting process is several years long for mm-hmm. a lot of these kids. And you grow close to them, whether, yeah. whether they end up coming here or not, whether it ends up working out, yeah. you know, maybe like Garrett transfer. But you remain close to them because there's their relationship with them, their family, uh, amongst the teammates and the coaching staff. Well, you know, why not? Yeah. I mean, you know, these are young people and you want to help them. And, you know, I've tried to stay in touch with, with Garrett. You know, after she left here, she went down there and, and tore an ACL. And uh, so you, you try to, you know, reach out when people are dealing with that kind of an adversity. And, and we've done that. And um, uh, we always wish her the best. Phenomenal family. Um, the, the Joyner family was, was great. And so, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to that. But, uh, again, every, every match is a chance to get better, and every practice is the same thing. And so we, we have a lot to do this week to get ready for a team that, that can do a lot of things offensively against us. 
Can't wait to uh, can't wait to see that one on Friday night. No doubt about it. We'll we'll get away from volleyball for just a brief moment. But one of the one of the best things about last weekend, I think, was the scheduling that had you playing Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. flying home Saturday morning, mm-hmm. in time to be at Ross Aid Stadium Saturday night to yeah. to see the Boilermakers home opener uh, for the football team. It was awesome. Um, Friday, you know, night games for Purdue football. Um, don't happen often enough, mm-hmm. uh, as most fans will attest to. But to have a near-capacity crowd, uh, despite the rain that we had all day long, but yes. fortunately it let up in time for, I think, all the students to, to be able to go out and enjoy that and the rest of the community and the people to tailgate and all the things that make college football what it is. And then for, uh, you know, Jeff Brom to look like Jeff Brom. You know, I, I think last year was just a, a, a difficult season. You know, he, he – he had the COVID, and uh, there, it was just a unique set of circumstances mm-hmm. for Coach last year. And then to watch him be so involved in every aspect of the program right now. And, and I talked to him about that yesterday, and I said, Coach, it was great to see you so engaged in the defense and the offense. He said, yeah, well, I'm probably too engaged. And I said, nope, <laughs> don't think so. I said, I think, I think you need to – to stay after it, the way that you're doing, and, and I think the fans appreciate that. So that was a great win for them. And then the next day, uh, our staff uh, gets to uh, drive up to it was Granger, Indiana, located between South Bend and Elkhart. Annie Drews is from Elkhart, and, and uh, her wedding was uh, held outdoor at a big barn uh, uh, area on uh, Sunday at 4 o'clock, and uh, she married former baseball player Tanner Schumacher. And... Uh, bunch of baseball players were up there. I got a chance to really chat with some of them at the reception. And I found it interesting. These are guys that I never talk, got a chance to talk to while they were here. But they apparently have grown and mature and, and uh, were a little more confident, I guess, because we, we had, a, had some great conversations with the baseball guys that were there, the entire, almost the entire Olympic team, including Karch Karai okay. and the staff. As you would expect. Were, were there. And a chance to talk to them. I sat next to Jordan Larson, who may be the greatest uh, woman volleyball player in the history of the game. If not Logan Tom or Flo Hyman, it might be Jordan Larson. Um, And so I got a chance to talk with her and her new husband. She just got married last week. Right. Now, Annie Drews is married uh, this past weekend. There's a couple more on the docket. These ladies Uh, just didn't didn't have enough going on. Well, they were kind of held in check for a while, you know, with uh, COVID and and being in, in seclusion for that matter. But... Just a tremendous wedding to see uh, those two Boilermakers tying the knot. And, and they, they had their own vows that they had prepared. And I thought that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was just really, really impressive. And the Drews family put on a really nice show up there. And I've known Mike and Carrie Drews since college. They, mm-hmm. They're Ball Staters. And, it's one of my uh, favorite stories. One of the reasons that we end up getting, you know, Annie Drews here was uh, the relationship that Mike played basketball at Ball State when I was there playing volleyball. And uh, Carrie and, and Angie were not in the same sorority, but they were leaders in their sororities, and they got to know each other very well. But uh, it, w- it was a weekend that I'll, that I'll remember for a long time, mostly because of that wedding, yeah. but also the fact that we had two good wins and we saw the football team get off to a great start. So much to celebrate. Uh, glad glad you got a chance to do that, yeah. you know, uh, Saturday and Sunday. And, and well, to, one of the things. Reveling some, a couple yeah. of your wins, too. One of the things, and, and I don't know if people will appreciate this or not. They may not. But I, when I was talking to some of these baseball guys and they were talking about, you know, the goals and aspirations and all that, and I said, you know what? I don't get overly worked up about where we finish. 
I mean, yeah, we want to win a national championship. Sure. We want to go to the Final Four. We've been to the Elite Eight three times. And uh, not getting to the Final Four, it's, it stings. It's, it's not what we're after. I said, but that's not why I'm coaching. That's not why we do what we do, in my opinion. Instead, I pointed to Andy Drews and Tanner Schumacher. I said, that's why we're here. Okay, that we hope that we can develop people, that they can go on to have the kind of success that those two people are having or, or so many others that have played in our volleyball program. I mean, it's not about things that you can't always control. We can't always control what the draw is going to look like or where we have to go play. Are they going to send us to play Utah or go play Texas at Texas or play Missouri at Missouri or where they're going to go? Um, we've done a better job of, of kind of controlling a little bit of that destiny. But it, 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 at the end of the day, you have to work as hard as you can to develop the talent that you've got and develop a culture that people want to be a part of. Uh, but then let the fur fly and, and you deal with the results and, and you move forward. And you, you can't let it eat you up if you're not uh, advancing to the Final Four. But especially when you see someone like Annie Drews do what she's doing, it lets you know that, man, somebody's doing something right here at Purdue. Right. And, and you know, Annie's, Annie's gotten the brightest spotlight right now, but I know we could spend the next half hour rattling off other oh, yeah. alums who are doing great stuff. And, it, yeah. it and regardless of where they're at right it, now and what it, they're doing. Right. I look at Katie Griffin. You know, Katie Griffin's got three boys living down in Avon, Indiana. God and she's coaching, coaching Brownsburg and uh, doing, a, doing a great job. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, she didn't play in the Olympics. But she's making a difference in the lives of a lot of young women. Yep at Brownsburg High School and raising three boys that are, are all characters uh, to watch. So, I mean, you can go, like you said, we could go across and talk about everybody, but I, I feel like, um, you know, we're here to develop young people. That's why we're here, all of us. There's nobody at Purdue that's not here to help develop young people. That's our role, whether you know it's your role or not. That's what you're here for. Dave, we'll leave it there. Good right, luck Dave. this weekend in Cincinnati. Thanks, Corey.